You are now listening to a Corporate Streets presentation. Welcome to the Powercast. The Powercast. The Powercast. Welcome to the Corporate Streets Powercast. This is the podcast discussing the 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. And today you have TJ. And this is Jaren. And this week we are talking about the 45th law. Preach the need for change, but never reform too much at once. All right, Jaren, translation. Go ahead and hit us with that. We'll appreciate that. All right. The translation this week is change is necessary, but chill, son. It takes time for things to change. You don't want to rush it. Take it slow. Okay. I think that's pretty clear. You yeah. think you need to go any further into that? Uh, no, that's it. I just made that up. That wasn't from anything. Oh, okay. All right. I'm with it. Take your time. Take it slow. A few words from the OG Robert Green. Everyone understands the need for change in the abstract, but on the day-to-day level, People are creatures of habit. Too much innovation is traumatic and will lead to revolt. If you are new to a position of power or an outsider trying to build a power base, make a show of respecting the old way of doing things. If change is necessary, make it feel like a gentle improvement on the past. Now, there are two thoughts that I would like to discuss because that's what came to mind. One is... There's this fable about boiling a frog. Have you heard this one, Jaren? Um, I believe I have. I'm not sure. Go ahead. What is it? All right. So there's this fable about boiling a frog. If you throw a frog into boiling hot water, that frog's going to jump out, right? But if you let that frog chill oh, in yeah. some comfortably lukewarm yeah. water and gradually increase the temperature, yeah. that frog won't even notice that is heating up to the point where it's going to get boiled to death. All so you right? said that's a fable. Now, so that's not true. Like, because I, when, I, when I think about that, you throw a frog in some boiling hot water, there ain't no way he's just going to pop back out. Right. Ain't he going to start like screaming and like, it'll just be painful. <laughs> screaming. <laughs> okay. I've never heard a frog scream, but okay. Yeah. 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 You ain't never seen this uh, frog boil either. <laughs> so nah, I, I throw this in some boiling water. So no, I've barely seen a frog in real life, but go ahead. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, apparently there's some, there was an experiment that happened in the 19th century, but I couldn't find enough details on it to, mm-hmm. to give it that type of credit. So I'm protecting myself with the whole fable thing. Because when I first initially heard of it, it was just a story. It was an old story, an old fable. So there might be some empirical data where they where they cut up the temperature on the frogs and you boiled them to death. Could you even do that today? Like, I think that there's uh, some things on YouTube like uh, where people were saying they were testing it. But Peter would murk some of y'all for trying that trying to put you know trying to boil the frog to death to see if it works right anyway as ridiculous as that story may sound all right because we're trying to analogize human life with frog life and <laughs> you know this brings me to the thought of number two frog lives right? matter 
Frog lives matter too. I agree. I'm with that. I'll fight that fight. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking about, don't you despise that new manager that walks in the door that has their nose turned up about yeah. the way your team does their work and mm-hmm. they tout how y'all still make coffee on a coffee machine? Man, what are y'all doing up here? Y'all need a Keurig up in here. I'm changing everything around here. And the next day they walk in and they change all the coffee pots with Keurig machines. And then you walk in and you looking like, yo, what is what is homie doing? Like, why is he changing all the machines? Now, this big bad manager, he didn't care to ask anybody why, you know, in 2017, we're still using the conventional coffee machines. He's not asking that question. Had he asked, we would have been able to tell him, well, we like to drink a special Brazilian coffee that, you know, the coffee beans, that's, we, they don't have K-cups for that because it's a special, this is a special coffee bean. And so that manager then went in and changed everything. You ever been around that? You ever seen anything like that happen? Yeah. Not, spe- um, not specifically the coffee situation. I'm talking about the big bad boss. Yeah, I think I even kind of told a similar story um, on Law 41, which was a voice stepping into a great man's shoes. And yep. that was about basically about how we. Um, I got a new supervisor. Um, my old supervisor was great. Nobody had any problems with that supervisor in any of the ways that he did things. And the new supervisor came in trying to change all the policies change the way we we um, respond to customers and how we work our entire job and that caused a lot of stress it caused a lot of problems just within our day-to-day work so she probably should have just kind of sat back i think it's okay for her to come in and have new ideas but drop them like one at a time make sure you know this one thing works make sure you first of all understand what we do understand, understand the history. our job that's and, what's important and then you can you know make changes with some intelligence to you know to back you up instead of just being like why do you guys do like that you know answer emails like that i want them to be like this and then just changing it yeah exactly and so in this example i mean this coffee machine all these coffee machines are changed Nobody likes a new coffee machine. The employees don't have time to read the manual or relearn how to use this this machine, you know, this Keurig machine. And so now everybody hates a new manager because basically they were thrown in the scolding hot water, just like the frog. So now everybody's, they're upset. Now, had there been a different approach, the manager could have won. Now, this know-it-all manager, if they would have talked to everybody and un- or talked to a couple people, understand why people still use the conventional machine, the manager could have taken a different step you know he or she could have brought in a keurig machine mm-hmm. to go alongside yeah. of the coffee machine yeah. right yeah but i was gonna and say put both of them out there yeah and then when people would have said oh man you got this keurig but i don't have the k-cup because say oh look i got this k-cup adapter where you can put your coffee your ground up you know your ground coffee beans inside of this adapter and there you go and then both machines could have been there and eventually the manager could have phased out that conventional coffee machine, which now looks like a gentle improvement versus this this change from the wicked witch, wicked witch of the East. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that manager would have received more love from the team. So in other words, look, man, don't be arrogant walking around thinking you know it all and everything and everybody is doing something wrong. 
those actions won't make you any friends. And so in my situation, and this hadn't this hadn't happened to me. This is just an example that I made up. But in your situation that actually happened, right. it's, it's, it's the same result. You can't walk in trying to make all the changes because you know you know why people do that too? I think people do that because they feel like, hey, I got this new position. I gotta show them that exactly. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I gotta show them that I know what I'm doing. So when I get in there, I'm just gonna take all these ideas and I'm gonna just start implementing everything. And just like I said, chill. It's, it's cool, man. Like nobody's gonna think any less of you for when you come in and that you try to learn the way things work first. They're not gonna be upset about that. Don't True. like, but they, I can guarantee you that you definitely have some pushback if you come in trying to change everything. Uh, Start going vigilante on people. I mean, look at look at Trumpito. He came into office. And he immediately started trying to change this. He's trying to get rid of everything Barack Obama put into office or put into um, place. And basically trying to erase his legacy. But I mean, he but he can't. But he's trying to do more than just that. He's doing he's trying to focus on North Korea. He doesn't want the Muslims here. He don't want Mexicans here. Now he right. has to fight with the about this white supremacist thing. He's doing so he's turning too much. over a lot of rocks, right. right? And he's not solving any of the issues that he's opening up, right? He exactly everything is just open and it's just a mess. And I think part of the um, problem is he came in trying to just do too much too soon, and right. then I mean we he hasn't even been in office a year, man, and people have grown to hate him even more <laughs> like and even people that voted for him are like man what was i thinking it's like even me i used to watch um is it the apprentice is that a show yeah apprentice, yeah, apprentice I, used, I used to watch the apprentice and enjoy the apprentice i enjoyed watching donald trump do his thing on the apprentice so as a celebrity he was cool to me and I try to leave a little bit of that like like um, liking as he became president. But, man, he's just doing too many bad things. I mean, this isn't a political show, but but my point is he's just doing too much. He's done too much and he's doing it too soon, I feel exactly and he's creating voids and we're going to get to that in a moment yeah. that that you can't create it's not a good idea to create a boy yeah. now the og says that change is upsetting to the human animal we like the security of habitual activities and we enjoy seeing people or we enjoy seeing the same people because we get to know them which feels less threatening than dealing with new people every day without knowing their real motives and capabilities you know what i'm saying so if you see the same people every day, you feel comfortable with them. You do the same habits every day. You get up, you wash your face, you brush your teeth, you take a shower, you go to work. All of those things are the same things every day. But if you had to wake up and not know what was what your day was going to be like, that's a little bit more scary. And so even if the change is better, even if you're totally right, mm -hmm. you can't make anybody see the value in what you're trying to get them to change to. So people are still going to get mad. And they're still going to rebel. So if the change is inevitable, OG suggests that you try to anticipate the reaction and find a way to disguise this change 
to make it easier to digest. Sports so reference gotta, time. Oh. Uh, oh, yo, you got a sports reference? You want to go first? <laughs> no, nah, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, wait. So, yeah, so I do mine first, then you go for the sports right. reference because it's always good to have one of those. Mine is about food and beverage companies. They do this all the time by slightly changing the design of the bottle. So, that bottle was 24 ounces. Now it's 21.9 ounces. And from the sight of it, you really don't even tell the difference of it. And you're paying the same price. You don't even realize you're receiving less product. But had that company harshly increased the price, like just up and raise the price a dollar, we would notice that. We'll be outraged and probably go to a cheaper competitor. Or harshly change the size. They probably slowly made it smaller. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean... Maybe 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 it's like a I mean twenty two to twenty or twenty twenty four ounces to twenty one point nine ounces something like that depending on how the bottle is shaped or how the bottle look you think they just redesigned the bottle you don't even realize that wait hey my ounces are smaller and it's the same price or you know what they might even do they might even um, change the design of the bottle and slightly drop the price because they're giving you less product and you're like look at them. They're dropping the prices around here. They they doing something good. But, they but you don't realize that you're getting less product. You said what? <laughs> so then they changed it to 20 ounces on you too. Yeah, exactly. But see, you don't realize that. You're They're just trying looking to ease at the into that. Price. Yeah. And so that's, you know, anticipating reaction is knowing that people are going to flip out when they see that that price is up a dollar. But you disguise the change. You know what? Give them less and drop the price at the same time. And they won't even realize that they're getting less but they're happy about the price change. So, or all right, that's that's my example. Or, well, to stay on that for a second, though, um, what was it? Was it the new Coke or was it new Pepsi? What was it? New Coke, I think. They ch- they changed their... Uh, the formula? The formula. And I think everybody played around with that. Well, they definitely did it, and people had a fit. They hated the new formula, and Coke had to go back to the original. Now, yeah. they probably wouldn't even notice if Coke didn't even make a big deal out of it. <laughs> right. If they would have just changed it and didn't say nothing, people probably wouldn't have even noticed. They would probably, hey, is this Coke taste kind of sweet to you? Or something, you right, know. Right. They, they probably wouldn't have even noticed, though. So Yeah, So it made a big deal. So Coke could have uh, disguised that by probably not even saying anything. Yeah, just let it ride. Instead of pasting new all over the damn cans, you know, it was it was <laughs> a problem. So then hey, they had to come back. You know back. what? That whole new thing, that was teaching somebody else a lesson. I bet you like three quarters of the company or like in the boardroom didn't want to do the change. And there was one guy that wanted to make the change or one person that wanted to make the change. And they're like, all right, fine. We'll do it your way. Look, new flavor, everybody. Check this new flavor out. And everybody get all pissed off, and now we get to look at that one person and be like, I told you, dog. I tried to tell you right. that the new flavor wasn't going to work. Right. So that was probably on, that was probably strategic and then, to help people go in. And then they had to spend even more money to rebrand and do the Coca-Cola Classic. Yeah. So, so it was uh, pretty bad. I think it only took about three months for that, that whole situation to, to come and go. Yeah. So, so sports reference. It's kind of like, say, you have a football team. Okay. You get a new coach. 
I every, hate coaching changes. Yeah, everybody hates coaching changes. The new coach wants to come in and change everything up. And well, unless you're getting killed, if you're losing a whole lot, give me somebody else. <laughs> Maybe you did okay. So this actually happened with with me. Um, one year I was coaching my kids' team, and we did like standard like formations. And I'm not going to get too deep into the formation situation, but the next season they had a bright idea to run this formation called the double wing. Okay. And the double wing is kind of a wacky kind of formation to a lot of people, but we had to revamp the entire offense. But the, the goal, what to make that all work and for people not to be so confused and for people not to hate it, which they already did anyway, we had to kind of make it seem simple. We had to be like, oh, it's still the same thing like you used to do. You know, you still block this guy. It's just you're just right. doing it from from this place now. Yeah. Or you're just doing it this way now. And so we eased it in. Um, But in the end, <laughs> the head coach, he was like, nope. Like by the game six, we were going back to the old stuff. So, yeah. So you see sometimes when you, you it's kind of hard to revamp a whole situation like that so you have to take that uh you have to make a lot of effort to make sure you you take your time and you're able to explain whatever you're trying to do you know easily and it's 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 interesting that you talked about you went back to the past formation or the past the past formation that you had versus like you tried the new one for a little bit and then you just went back to the past one right because we're going right into that right now according to the og destroying the familiar if you destroy what's familiar you create a void and people become fearful of what might replace whatever that void is and so for this the og suggests that you should borrow from the past now why should you borrow from the past because the past has been conquered the past is important the past is familiar familiar, so you want to use nostalgia as a tool to help people become comfortable with your ideas and numerous brands use this in the world okay so jaren remember we just talked about uh jordans and how any Jordan after number 13 isn't very memorable, right? Relevant. I mean, we just talked about that. They don't exist. Like you can't we don't acknowledge these. They don't exist in this world. Yeah, after Jordan 13, after the shoe, Jordan's 13th shoe, nobody even really knows what's going on after that. They're like, all these shoes are releasing and nobody remembers them. Well, I don't. Okay. So, Nike keeps re-releasing Jordan 1 through 13. They have multiple colorways of 1 through 13. I haven't heard of Jordan 18 get re-released. I've never heard of it anything. going to happen. You might. I, I have heard of 14. I definitely haven't heard of 15. 14 is a stretch. Yeah, yeah. 14 probably is a stretch. Any time with that one, but they just had the Ferrari ones come out not too long ago. Right. They were all red. So this is nostalgic, and it keeps the brand and it keeps MJ alive. Now, believe it or not, I just read an article uh, about the Jordan brand testing the new Jordans. Um, as we speak, the Jordan 32s. Who knew that we were on the 32nd shoe? Who knew that? And who cares? And, <laughs> they're on the 32nd shoe. All these re-releases are on the 32nd shoe. And uh, according to the article that I read, they're drawing inspiration from the older Jordan designs. Exactly what the OG is talking about. You want to pull from the past and make people, you want to keep people 
focused in on, oh man, that, that shoe is kind of like the six and it's kind of like the seven. So, okay, okay, I'll try that. And many, like I said, many people don't know that we're on number 32 because the ones, the threes, the fours, the fives, uh, the sevens, nines, tens, elevens, twelves, and thirteens, they keep re releasing. Dude, you, you so. skipped the sixes. Mm, I've seen a couple of those re released. They they oh, I guess re released, yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about the re-release. Oh, okay. I thought you were just disrespecting the sixes like they wouldn't. No, no, no. I'm I'm just noting the ones that really release a lot. They re-release right. a lot. So they're on number 32, and Nike's using Law 45, so people don't freak out with the mass changes of the Jordan design. I mean, as the, as they saw in number 14 and beyond, they probably won't be popular if you just do them from scratch. Right. So and, and you speaking gotta of do something. And speaking of people uh, freaking out, so this kind of reminds me of like a hostile takeover almost, um, and it's in the name, hostile takeover. It, it it happens fast. It's it's violent. It's shocking. It and people often when this happens, like in business, people get kind of you know afraid basically. And I remember yeah. like this kind of happened with your company, right? where a new company kind of bought y'all out and they came yeah. in saying that this is going to be like this. And I remember you telling me, you know, how uneasy everyone was about this. Yeah. New mergers company. and acquisitions, dog. Now it wasn't a hostile takeover, but merging and like the company that buys you, you have to acclimate to whatever they do. Right. Even though your systems might be better, the way you did it might be better. That sucks. So, yeah, definitely happens in the corporate world all the time. Yeah, all day. All day long. Now, in the keys to power, OGRG talked about that people are naturally change-averse. And that's I'm kind of paraphrasing. Um, those are my words. People are change-averse, okay, when that change directly affects them. So, OGRG notes that the idea of change is the concept that most people understand. However... When it, when it directly affects their habits and routines, it becomes nerve-wracking, okay? Or right. nerve-wracking, excuse me. OG says something like, um, he, he said something that made me think. He said, no revolution has gone without a powerful later reaction against it. The void it creates proves too unsettling to the human animal. So if you make changes and create a void, you must quickly provide a replacement for whatever you took away, you also need to have the ability to soothe others that are freaked out about the changes, okay? And right. so, um, use the past in order to help you in the present. So, since the past is old and long gone, you can strategically use pieces of it to support whatever your cause is. And you talked about our current president right now, and he's kind of used this tactic in a way. He was making a point to say that he wants to make America great again, right? Right. And he really didn't go into detail what this was, but that just that whole lingo, that whole slogan was a cloak for his unconventional ideas and his unconventional campaign. And he didn't fool everybody, but he convinced enough people to vote for him with that vague slogan, and now he's in office. So, he made it in there. Now, horrible the changes person. that you make... Oh, go ahead. I was saying horrible person. <laughs> We're not a political show, bro. Not this one, anyway. Uh, the changes that you make 
must seem less innovative than what they really are. Okay, that's that's words from the OGRG. And you know what? Made, you know what this made me think of, dog. Think about this. So, if the government told everybody they want to know exactly where you are and exactly what you do and what you like to purchase and where you like to go, everybody would freak out, right? Right. Okay. Well, rather than instituting that change and requiring everybody to submit their whereabouts and their receipts for their purchases and and their thoughts because we're a revolt. Instead, we got smartphones and the smartphones gather all that information and we willingly allow apps to track our locations and we willingly open up our entire lives on social media. And this is all under the guise of technology. Now you see how much easier it is when you allow people to choose to do it versus telling them to do it. Right. So that was just an example of that cloak of technology hiding under the guise of technology. Hey, man, we got the ability to do this. Look, look, it, as soon as you get to the airport, the your ticket will pop up, your boarding pass. You don't even have to do anything. It knows you're at the airport. It knows you're at Starbucks. And we're all happy about that, right? But That's kind of crazy, man. You, you'll leave Starbucks and they'll be like, hey, were you just at Starbucks? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, actually, I got like a Starbucks, um, like a gift card that somebody gave me and like some Christmas thing two years ago. And whenever I drive past a Starbucks, it pops up on my lock screen. Like, hey, you can use me right now. You right next to the store. Like, go ahead and walk in. And I'm like, yo, that's that's pretty freaky. Google's gonna but end the world. That's that's where we are though. And and that change was slow and nobody was made to do it. It was kind of your own free will and you made the choice to do it. I made the choice to allow Starbucks to know where I am. And so who knows? Starbucks could be owned by that homie, uh, what's his name? James Comey, the FBI guy. See, I, I don't remember saying? ever telling Google that it's okay to, to to tell me where my car is when I park it or <laughs> or that, you know, the fact that I just left McDonald's, you know, go ahead and, and rate it, get, do a review. I never, I never recall telling them to do that. No, so, dog. It's because it's in the small print somewhere. When you download the app, it's like it's in a the small it's like print. the default. You got to cut it off, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And nobody wants you to downloaded do the app, so you willingly accepted what what Google does. Like, who wants to go through the trouble of going to figure out how to cut off whatever function is doing that? It just takes too much work. So no, on another on another level, though. I mean, I'm just trying to help you, man. I'm just trying to let you know that you could you could review McDonald's. I'm and just so trying are, to let you know where your in, car in, is. In that in that in that homeless guy on the side of the road who's jumping up with this uh, spray bottle and <laughs> towel, he's trying to help you too. Right. Right. So so let him help and then and then pay him so he can yep. go buy beer or, or put money away to get a home or something right. or buy food. <laughs> Shout out to Google for being free, though. I mean, it does all this stuff for free. It doesn't expect anything. In return That's true, for man. That's true. Oh, speaking of that, Google Photo. Like, I just started using Google Photo, and they got unlimited storage. And so I was, I was telling my wife, I was like, "Yo, check this out. You, you freak out about losing your phone, losing your pictures. Hey, man, like Google will automatically store your pictures for you unlimited." And she's like, "Ah, well, I don't want all my pictures like out there like that." I was like, crowd. well, you don't have any freaky pictures or nothing that you're taking, so what difference does it make? You got clothes on. 
She's like, ah, I just don't want, you know. And I was thinking, I was like, well, damn. I mean, she yeah, doesn't want to. Does get hacked. So she doesn't want a hacker to have a picture of her pancakes and eggs in the morning. Yeah, but I mean, I guess that that's part of that. Somebody, when wherever you are, wherever they are, anything that's made can be hacked computer-wise. You know what I'm saying? And so, if anybody can hack it, the government can. And so, if they really want to get into what you're doing, I told her I'm not really doing nothing, so I don't care if they hack into my stuff. But I guess the idea of it, it does, it is kind of freaky. Because had the government told me, had the government told me I had to show every picture that I ever take, I have to show it to them and submit it to them. I'll be pissed. I'll be trying to move to Canada or 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 somewhere, Rome, <laughs> London. I'll be trying to get out of here and go somewhere. Yeah, I definitely have some problematic things in my in my phone, so. <laughs> yeah, so be lucky you don't have to, you know, send all those out. Yeah. And it's time for the reversal. OGRG noted that <clears throat> the past is a corpse to be used how you see fit. If the recent past is painful and harsh, it's self-destructive to associate yourself with it. So, quick thought, civil rights movement, right? They couldn't use the past to make people feel comfortable because the past was full of hatred and it was unsettling. If anything, the thoughts of the past was used as fuel to fight the fight. So, they wouldn't be able to use the past to say, hey, remember, you know, when... You know, uh, you didn't have to think about what you needed to do every day and try to go find a job because your job was to work for free in the fields. And they couldn't use that. Right. There was nothing comfortable about that. So you just have to use the past how you see fit. And remember, if the if the past is is harsh and painful, it's self-destructive to try to associate yourself with it. OG also warns that if you want to make a change, avoid the appearance of of a void or a vacuum because you will create terror even if the ugly recent history even if it's even the ugly recent history is more preferable than an empty space okay so fill that space immediately with new rituals using the past for your own purposes will bring you more power than trying to cut it out completely now um another quick example I don't know how long this debate has been going on about removing Confederate statues like the one uh, Robert Lee and mm-hmm. removing Confederate flags. But the statement that I just made that the OG was talking about was perfect for this situation, man. Removing that statue creates a void. Right. And I didn't read or hear about any replacement that they were going to make to make people feel comfortable And with that said, I just want to make it clear that I don't agree with those statues or the Confederate flags. I do agree that they should all be ripped down. They shouldn't be up. But after reading this law, to keep it more calm, maybe it would have been better to come together and say, you know what? Let's let's take away this statue and replace it with something that symbolizes togetherness. Because that statue doesn't symbolize togetherness. Right. Now, I know people would have still protested, but maybe it would have been a calmer situation. Right. But, but I think what OG was talking about, when you create the void, it freaks people out. Oh, you taking this statue down now? What's, what's going to be next? What are you going to do next? And so if they would have had another symbol to replace that statue, that's, that would have made you know people who aren't with the Confederate flags happy. And people who are with the Confederacy try to get something together. Maybe it would have been different. 
Yeah, I don't think so. Those people who's for the <laughs> Confederate flag, they would have still been upset, man. Yeah, it's, it's possible. It's, it's taken over. It's taken their culture and heritage. So, yeah, uh, you know what though? It just after listening to this law, it really hit home when it was talking about avoid creating a void at all costs because it will create terror, and that's exactly what happened. The flat or uh, talking about removing people's flags, talking about taking the statue down that's been there for however many years, it's creating a void, and people were hot about it so maybe if they would have read the book they would have took another approach and maybe it would have been different i don't know right <laughs> says hot <laughs> <laughs> all right that's all i got for this week bro all right guys so this has been another episode of the corporate streets podcast and as always we encourage you to get your own copy of sir robert green's the 48 laws of power and you can get the audio book like we're listening to or you can get the old-fashioned paper um, physical book like nobody probably reads so um, because you know Robert Greene he needs your help he's always trying to ball out he's always trying to flex on us and do something uh, just kind of out of left field so this week I heard that he's well, don't you know this the saying, you can't buy happiness? Right. I know. You can't do that. No. Nah. Well, the OGRG is literally planning on buying happiness. Oh. And you know that's expensive. So That's going to be, I don't even know how much money that's going to be. I can't even fathom that. Well, he, he's trying to do it, so he needs y'all help. Buy the book. Yeah, they say money can't buy love either. He's probably going to buy love the week after, man. You could this definitely guy. buy love. You could buy love? I believe so. <laughs> or expensive uh, escort. There you go. Or the right. um, Instagram model that you've been loving. True love. You can't buy true love, okay? I'll put true in front of it. Okay. Make it more real. And check it. Just because you listen to us doesn't mean you shouldn't go support OG RG. You definitely need to go and support that man and what he's got going on. And just because you might have bought his book doesn't mean you don't need us anymore. I mean, we compliment what Robert Greene is doing. Robert Greene is like a hefty savings account. All right? Bunch of money there. Uh, sitting there. It's appreciating uh, because you're getting 1% per year in return. It's all good, right? Right, right, right. Well, that's what we think. But we're like that stockbroker, though. You know what I'm saying? We're going to help OG take his money even further. We're going to help that money grow at a faster rate. And so that's what we're trying to do with his book, man. We're just trying to take it a little bit further, stretch it right. a bit. Yeah, yeah. I would say we're probably, I would say he's like that White Castle double cheeseburger. All nice and soft and warm. Okay. And we are that soggy middle bun. <laughs> you never could exactly put your finger on what makes that thing special, but it's that small detail that brings that sandwich all together. Uh, it's got to be soggy. Yeah, it's that soggy middle bun. Okay. <laughs> all right, guys. And so if you, uh, oh, next week we have Law 46, which is never appear too perfect. Right. Man, we only got a couple laws left, man. We only have a couple laws left. No, no, no. I don't want to appear perfect. We only got a couple laws left. 
Two yeah. laws left. Yeah. 46, 47, 48. All right. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to us at the corporate streets at gmail.com. That's corporate streets with a Z. So if you want to discuss any of these laws or ask if what we're going to do next, we still don't know what we're going to do next after this. Probably take a break from this uh, second show thing for a little bit. Regroup. <laughs> you could uh, hit us up at the email. Um, if you want, you can reach out at us. Uh, reach out to us at what we are on Facebook, we're on Twitter, still not quite on Instagram yet. Yeah, we got some ideas though. Okay. We'll be there. All right, and so this has been another episode episode of the Corporate Streets Podcast. And for the outro today, I have a quote. All it right, is, spit it. Actually, I have two quotes. I think I'm going to go ahead and read. Uh, the first one is the price of doing the same old thing is far higher than the price of change. Okay. That's from Bill Clinton. Okay. And the second one, this is one I really want. This is this is the real outro. If you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude. And that is you could use that on your on your uh Instagram model chick that you like. Because that's a Maya Angelou quote. So send that to her. Send that to her tomorrow morning. Yeah, yeah. Send that to your favorite Instagram model. She'll, <laughs> she'll, she'll go ahead and use that. All right, yeah. We out. Peace. The life enrichment and goal attainment. Thank you for listening to. The corporate streets, 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 the corporate streets.